I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 312 of Video Games Hot Dog, the podcast where two of us are kind of hungover. Yeah. We're joined by a special guest about six months of Idle Thumbs Patreon postcards. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah, we could really make their lives difficult oh, that by would not uh, be nice. just subtly rearranging some of these things and ruin the experiences of a lot of their patrons. But y- you know what? We're not going to do that. Because <laughs> we just have we just have a, a lot of like fundamental respect for Patreon and the way that they do things. <laughs> um, well, we do again now. Hmm. No, I was totally on board, and now I'm pissed. So <laughs> I'm canceling our Patreon. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to give five percent of our uh, our loyal listeners' money to a bunch of wishy washy flip floppers. Oh, man, <laughs> um, do you think a place where you wash your beach shoes <laughs> should be named the wishy washy flip flopper? I think uh, that is one possible name for it. Do you think that it makes any sense at all to open that? business no i do not <laughs> uh, why don't they have like no. coin-op dishwasher establishments <laughs> <laughs> so you can just take your plate down the street yeah. Yeah, just one at a time yeah or, oh, or like good. a or like a, a big sack full of plates mm-hmm. over your shoulder yeah why why aren't there like community dishwashings you know on the other hand why no. don't you just wash your clothes in the sink that's really smart. Yeah, why is there why are there two machines, one for washing dishes and one for washing clothes? Like if you think about it, topologically, a coffee cup and a t-shirt are exactly the same shape. <laughs> Wait. Exact same thing. <laughs> now, I guess a coffee cup and a and like a tube top are the same <laughs> shape. Are you trying to figure out some other plates? Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything that's like the same topological Shape is like pants or a shirt or something. So a uh, brass knuckles is topologically identical to a shirt. Um, well, only if no, it's... Shirt. No, no. Brass knuckles that go over your entire torso. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it is, actually. Let me think. If you... Yeah, because it's just, like a shirt is just a yeah, cause I wasn't thinking a surface about the with four holes. So it does have it. four does it, holes. Well, does it have four holes? I kind of think of it as having four holes, but maybe not because I don't think of a. Isn't it? Is it? It's not like. Yeah, I don't think of a coffee cup as having two, two holes, holes, like yeah. one on each side right. of the handle. Yeah. Hmm. Is it three? It might just be three holes. There are well, any mathematicians why, in the audience? Because there's three divisions. You should. Between... You should write in, and we'll read your message next time we do leader, you, reader mail in about the bottom six the shirt, months. You can make a, like a three hole. This is like that shape. terrible. Yeah, but if you roll up one sli- that... sleeve, you can also make a three hole. Sh- it's it's like, like the Hearthstone conversation that's going to happen in about thirty minutes. <laughs> but if it rolls up if two of them, then it'll ha- always have two holes. On the duck can, feed like... slack, someone asked if a straw has one or two holes in it. Hmm. Well, it depends. Is it like a shitty broken straw? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then two. Well, does a donut have one or two holes? I think it has one. So a straw has. It, what if it's a yeah. shitty broken donut? So I think then a, str- a straw has one hole, but it's a thick hole, is what I decided. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, that guy's a real thick hole. <laughs> uh, do you, so does then so a a skirt say uh-huh. like okay we're pretty much agreed that a pair of pants has three holes in it right like the uh, hole on top and no so you think it only has two holes? Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is your reasoning for that? It's just one. You you just always say that something has one less than the number of holes that it has in it. 
that's your only weakness. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Like, if you're gonna count like both sides, like if you take two sides of a straw, and you, or, like you're saying, oh, there's that's like somebody's thinking, oh, there's two holes here, but no, it's actually just one, right? Mm-hmm. And so then, if you take that, oh, if you straw, poke a hole in the side, then there's three holes. But if you, but but there are there's only two. there's only two. But then if you poke another hole in the side. How are those holes not matched up in the way that the first two holes are? Because of they're actually topology. separate holes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because they're smaller holes. Did you just say? So what if topology you took, what, what if you had a shape that was two straws intersecting at a ninety degree angle and just met up in the middle? Does yeah. that shape have two holes in it? I think it has three. <laughs> I don't. Now I think you. you're fucking with us. <laughs> no, no, I think it has three holes. All right. There's got to be a topologist that listens to this right. and can tell us to shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up, guys. I'm a topologist. All right. Thanks. Let's move on. What have you been up to, Jim? Well, I feel like I've spent the last week thinking about closed topology. Um, there was a uh, a start. Right. So I usually stop at the Starbucks um, on the way here. Just to get to grab something to keep my hands warm, basically. Okay. Even in the summer, it's like a hand warmer. You want to keep the hands warm. So you buy a hand warmer. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. It's it's usually decaf. Okay. Um, Do you even pour it on your hands slowly as you travel? God, on so it? you're just a big my, fan of so my useless, hands expensive water. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> uh, there was um, a a. They often have like shakers, and sometimes they're empty because the people behind the counter are busy. Um, but usually the shakers have powders that you can put in your, uh, expensive, uh, useless water. Like cinnamon. Yeah. Except this time there was, and I'm going to like be really careful about how I express what this said, because I don't want to prejudice you in any way. Uh, I have my theories about what it is, but what it said on the label was, it looked like cinnamon. And what it said on the label was C-I-N period space D-O-L-C-E. And... I put it in my drink. It's like half sugar, half cinnamon. Maybe. Really? Cinnamon dolce. Yeah. Okay. Is, I put it in my drink and it, it was suddenly like drinking a flan. Sweet, right? Sweet cinnamon. Uh, yeah, like caramel is sweet of milk. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't track for me because like maybe I just happened upon a uh, the perfect uh, uh, accompaniment to um, brown water. But... <laughs> um, it, it, it was, I usually put sweetener in my drink okay. and, and like often cinnamon and it never tastes like this. What, what's that? What did it taste like? It tasted like drinking a flan. Huh. I mean, that seems pretty good. Yeah. I was, I was into be, it. But I only eat caffeinated flans. Uh-huh. So it's still, it's like <laughs> yeah. a useless flan. <laughs> yeah. To be clear, I also put like half and half in this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you just put sugar and cinnamon in milk, would it taste like a flan? Or do you need the bitterness of the I, coffee? It would be horchata at that point, right? I don't know what horchata is. Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't don't you didn't you meet Mexicans in Arizona? Yeah, but I didn't I didn't drink any of their weird shit. Okay. Uh, I, mean, I, I had some uh, popping in and out so much I didn't even get like the last three or four sentences. That's because Kevin's touching his phone and it makes it so we're not connected to you for whatever weird reason that I don't understand. It's as though the headphone jack on Kevin's phone is a trash hole. Trash hole. <laughs> it's a real thick hole. It's a real thick hole. I mean, in a way, you do put trash in it by putting it in your pocket and allowing it to fill up with lint. Also, we've been using the same cable to connect the phone to the board for years. 40 years. Which is also filled up with lint. So, growing up in San Diego, 
I, it may be that I, um, what just, you really want is, is your coffee to have nothing but beans in it. Oh, I love beans. Right. Beans are really good. But no, what I was going to say was that it may, that may be why that I just expect everybody to know what horchata is. Horchata is really good. Yeah. Um, do you think it rice milk, right? Dulcimer yeah. is called a dulcimer because it makes a sweet sound. Sweet and soft. Horchata sounds to me like the name of what, like, one of the Marines and aliens would be named. Oh, yeah. Vasquez's brother. I think Vasquez's brother would be named Vasquez unless what, really? it's a married name. <laughs> but she doesn't seem like the kind of gal that would take a man's name. Yeah, you're right. Except by force. <laughs> What have you been up to, Kevin? I I don't even know. Like, this week has gone by in a blur. You, because of all the drinking. I guess, yeah. You've been drinking way more than you normally do. Yeah. It's just the holidays. I guess. There's visitors in town. Yeah. I put There's... on like 80 pounds of beer weight. Nice. There's festivities everywhere. Every we had day. some friends come in, into town, uh, and I did a room escape. Uh, I did the Palace Games Edison room. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, it was good. Uh, it's very high tech. Lots of stuff. Yeah, a lot of a lot of crazy electronics. A lot of like large scale moving objects that are very surprising and cool. Yeah, neat. Pretty good puzzles. Yeah. yeah. It, I wish that there was any way for you to do these riff, but like you'd have to you'd have to leave Portland and then do a room escape with a lot of strangers, yeah. and neither of which sounds like anything that you want. Or just find <laughs> find a group of seven friends that you want to do a room escape with. I mean, seven <laughs> strangers are just seven friends you haven't done a room escape <laughs> with yet. Sure. You can do the Edison room with as few as four. Oh. Um, yeah, they have to change a lot of the puzzles. Yeah. Uh, That's really neat. Yeah, it's not, like, nothing, I think only the electronic ones have to change. Yes. I don't think that any of the physical puzzles have any... Mm. There's a couple of trickier ones. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't I imagine you do the Roosevelt room with only a handful of people. Wasn't the Resident Evil MMO basically a room escape with zombies? Yeah, that Laura Hall designed M- MMO. MMO. There was well, no, I'm thinking of like an actual video game. Oh, oh, oh. There was like a Resident Evil MMO sort of thing for PlayStation 2 hmm. that I never played, but I got the impression that there were it was more puzzly than zombie shooting-y. Was this the game where you put the game in your system and then seven days later you die? Uh, no, that's every game. I see. <laughs> there, there that's why you have to keep playing games. <laughs> the ring right. game for Dreamcast, kind of based on that premise. It was super bad, though. You you died really badly. Also, I heard if you watch Super Bad, you'll die seven <laughs> days later. You just die immediately. Yeah, just seven or eight minutes later. Right. Just enough time to play seven minutes in heaven. So then you go to heaven right before you die. Yeah. That's that's how Christian mythology works, right? That, that, that makes sense. What have you been up to, Riff? Uh, not much. Just being, doing work and being antsy about having to go to an airport and be somewhere entirely else <coughs> for two weeks. Yeah, but isn't it like a fun cabin with your your fun parents? I mean, it's it's not bad once I'm there. I just, the anticipation of having to get there is a pain. <laughs> Do you get to escape the cabin with your parents? It It's it's not so much a, uh, a, a cabin. It's just my grandma's house, which is out somewhere but, where but there's can no you es- internet. So. But can you escape? I think a house without internet is a cabin. It's basically now, a that's cabin. That's what it means yeah. now. 
Is there yeah. a well? Is there a <clears throat> well? And I mean, there? parents are just friends you haven't done a room escape with yet. <laughs> if there's yeah. a well, I recommend sending like a turkey down mm-hmm. and get some jewels. Get some jewels. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. I see yeah. what you're doing there. Amazing stories, everyone. That one episode <laughs> that we all remember. That and Christopher Lloyd's severed head. Yep. Man, what if they did a crossover episode where they sent Christopher Lloyd's <laughs> severed head down the well and, yeah. and then they uh, sent up some chewed gum? Um, I went to the Alamo Draft House where there was a screening of uh, The World of Tomorrow, Episode 2, the new Don Hertzfeld short film. Uh, that was introduced by Don Hertzfeld, and then uh, somebody from Pixar kind of interviewed him on stage afterwards, uh, and it was real good. They showed the first World of Tomorrow, which is very good, and then they showed his uh, Simpsons opening crawl that they oh, had him do, which was very much like the World of Tomorrow, and then uh, the new one, which was also was also Did, pretty good. Is he? Does he seem like a well-adjusted person? Yeah. Okay. Yep. He just he's like um, he looks kind of like. Uh, '90s Ethan Hawke, maybe huh. a, kind of a mop of hair and sort of sleazy facial hair, and he's just—he's real skinny and real—he's really well spoken. Okay. Um, he's probably a really smart person. Yeah, imagine. I think he's about our age. He does not look as old as we do. Okay. He just doesn't have a lot of miles on him. He showed there. There was this thing playing during the like. One of the things that I like the most about the Alamo Draft House, uh, well, one that you can write the word beer on a piece of paper and then a beer appears. Uh, which is cool. Although I don't know why it doesn't amaze me when I go into a, like a restaurant and all you have to do is ask a woman for a beer and then later on a beer shows up. I don't know why the, the like lack of person to person interaction. Well, like the, a, the, a piece of paper can't bring you a beer. So that seems more magical. <laughs> I guess yeah, that's, that's true. That's it's sort of like a scroll. I've etched a scroll yeah. of beer summoning. <laughs> uh, and then, I mean, I don't know how magic works, right? Like, maybe the way that all magic scrolls work, like, let's say a fireball scroll, you just put it down, and then somebody comes in, reads it, and sets <laughs> the thing on fire that you were targeting, <laughs> just with a lighter and a kerosene can, you know? Like, it, it's that could be how that could be how magic works. You might also get some fireball whiskey. The fantasy land, you know, it could be, oh yeah, you could, if I write a scroll of fireball, do you think they will bring me a shot of fireball? Yeah. Ah, that's good. Are there any other, uh, are there any other drinks that are also Dungeons and Dragons spells? Hmm. Tensor's floating disc. <laughs> oh yeah, that one. Yeah, could bring me a, uh, a Mordenkainen's faithful greyhound. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, Bigby's grasping hand. <laughs> well, what would the, so? No, you gotta you gotta make it a drink. I the greyhound that, that gray, could be a great. That could be greyhound a drink. is a drink though. A greyhound is a drink. Mine was a pun. Okay, that was fine. a Tom that was Collins's a, grasping hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shirley Temple's of Elemental Evil. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want a non-alcoholic That'd drink, be a but weird that's, crossover that's, though. I mean, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Man, what, uh, 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 <laughs> all right. After the show, we should try to think of more yeah. of these and then I'll edit them in here because nobody <laughs> wants to hear us. Everybody wants to, everybody wants a big list of these. I know you listeners. I know that you want a big <laughs> list of these, but uh, you don't want to listen to us actually coming up with them to look at a list of D and D spells right during the break, which we don't take. <laughs> Okay, well, how about this? We pick one D&D spell that's also a drink and have a bunch of listeners record themselves saying it. <laughs> and then edit it in at random. Yes. Throughout the podcast. Yeah, okay. 
Uh, have you guys been playing any video games? I haven't played anything new to speak of. Nothing new at all? Uh, this, the Hearthstone expansion, I guess. But we can talk about that when you get there because you have a lot of things to say about it. I do have a lot of things to say about it. You haven't, you haven't been playing anything new and fun on your phone or? No, not really. I've, uh, just continuing to play all of my old standbys that I've been c- continuing this past week to play the, the, uh, Crossy Road competitive mode. Uh, enjoying that um it resets at a different time like i think it resets at like midnight australian time or something Mm. so all of my other daily things reset at midnight and then that one resets like midday so it's kind of nice to have multiple time slots that there's something new to do um do you think a lot of apps reset at midnight california time because that's when that's where Silicon Valley is. Uh, yeah, I think that's possible. Yeah. Our uh, Kingdom of Loathing reset at 8.30 Arizona time. Yeah. Uh, because that was a, it was late enough to be late, but it wasn't so late that we couldn't stay up and do stuff at rollover, which often had to happen back in the day before we were good at automating things. But it didn't make any sense. Even if players. we, well, even once we got better at automating stuff, we kind of wanted to be around in case something was broken. Yeah. Also, since Arizona doesn't observe daylight savings time, that meant that it changed for everyone except us. No, oh, yeah. Twice a year. That's nice. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> it's really consistent and uh, not confusing at all for the users. I have been playing a ton of Hearthstone. Although I won't, I'll talk about that last. Um, I okay. got a. Because I backed the Kickstarter for Superhot back in the day, mm-hmm. I got a Steam key for their new game the in VR my game? email today. No, yeah, a different thing. A, a different, totally new game. Uh-huh. Uh, which is, I, there's no reason that they couldn't make a VR version of the new one, I guess, but the new one, they're describing it as a roguelike, and it is like procedurally generated sets of scenarios that are just like there's a room or maybe a, a you know set of linked generated rooms or whatever it's it's pretty early like i think it's just been released in, in early access um you sort of pick a difficulty level and then you go through a series of rooms that are just like a super hot scenario and you are playing as a character with like a specific ability and there are it, it intimates that there are other characters with other like triggerable skills um, you like play a level where you like, you know, get attacked by five or six dudes. And then every couple of levels, there's a shop, which is just a menu where in the case where I was playing, you could either choose to get plus one maximum hit points or, uh, to get a full heal. And that was it like that. I don't know if those are the only things that are implemented or the only things that they're ever planning on having in the shop. Uh, because I don't know what else you would do exactly. I mean, start with a weapon, maybe, or... Is there no other resource besides hit points? Doesn't seem like it. I mean, it's the gameplay is very much like Super Hot, where it's just dudes come out of doors. You're, you're in a less, like, sort of cinematically chosen position in the beginning of the level because it's procedurally generated, but... Do like, you... You're not... There's no sort of, like, limited resource in terms of the um, time, f- frozen time situation... No, because I, I mean, I don't know how you would do that. Like, uh, you're yeah. only allowed to stand still for so long in a something given level that, or yeah. something. Yeah, I don't know. Or like it's a, it's, yeah, you have like a certain amount of stopped time juice. 
it's um there's a lot of different objects like things that you can pick up and throw and stuff and so sometimes it'll be like oh the like the way that this level is generated it's pretty clear that this is a shootout that's taking place in the high-heeled shoe and shuriken store <laughs> um i don't know if they get put in like if if there's going to be one shuriken are there going to be a bunch of shurikens like i it's seems it's not quite completely random um but i don't know I mean, it seems like it has some potential Can like you pick up a bunch of it's shurikens? just a bunch more super hot which is fun i mean i like super hot is just a fundamentally fun thing it's fundamental um and i didn't ever really like feel like i was ready to be done playing super hot you know like it, it, the different it geometry this one this game gives you the ability to jump which i don't remember if the original super hot did i don't yeah, think I it did recall. no um so crouch, that's though, right kind of interesting you what you could crouch though right i don't know or maybe not i don't remember I yeah i don't remember was there no either. like cover based stuff i think it was literally just getting in between bullets and stuff hmm. getting stuff in between bullets and you you don't want to be in between bullets and stuff <laughs> and you could definitely well it depends you could get in between bullets and stuff that they're not headed towards <laughs> that's where you want to be you could definitely move around in super hot vr yeah uh, you can like move up and down that's yeah. that's pretty cool you can duck under bullets um but yeah it seems really fun i mean i remember believing at least uh potentially remarking that I wish that there had been some proc gen sort of unlimited content tacked onto the end of super hot. And it seems like they had the same idea. So right. it's good. What's the name of it? It's, I keep forgetting the name. It's super hot colon mind control delete. Hmm. It's like a weird, hard to remember name. That's also kind of a bad yeah, kind of joke. It like doesn't bad wordplay really work. This was like control alt delete. Though. Yeah, but you've switching control. Oh, you're putting that didn't control even, that didn't even occur to me. Position. Yeah, yeah. Me yeah. Um, maybe they'll change it. Who knows? Mind alt delete. Super hot Mario Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Mind alt control. But alt control is only a phrase that sounds good to you because you know about alt control. Alt control GDC. GDC. Yeah. Mind yeah. control alt delete. Oh, it's, you know. it's like how um, there was a team making a, a, a zombie-themed match three game they kept calling match Z, which all the game developers liked, but no regular people. Hmm. Why? Because none of the regular people got the joke. I don't. I don't get it. Okay. See that you're. Oh, regular... because other people don't refer to Bejeweled as a match three game. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is that what it is? It was a zombie-themed match three game that I'm, I was talking. It was the premise of the. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's okay. You can go back to sleep. I got the joke, but I thought that there was a joke that I wasn't getting. I think because no, I don't the think of myself thing. as a real game developer. <laughs> right. Do you think only game developers know the word platformer or shmup oh, or I don't Metroidvania? Know. I mean, games like, enthusiasts. Like do. games. Yeah. Game well, and do. the only people who play shmups are games or shmup enthusiasts. So they know the word. I don't know. I, you know, like I'm not a shmup enthusiast and I'll, I'll, play some gradius yeah no I won't say it correctly yeah but i'll play it because gradius not really a shmup uh no it totally is so they look at gradius it's and got say, grandfathered Bro, do you in even shmup right that sounds dirty what about parodius what about sexy parodius <laughs> is that a sexy shmup 
What about sexy Proteus? <laughs> I never played Proteus, but it seems like he could put some boobs in there and it would be sexy. <laughs> On the on the hillside, it's just about relaxing, right? Yeah. I mean, that's uh-huh. not, you know, nothing's more relaxing than that. Yeah, and then a nice little pillow. You lie down. Um, Sexy Parodius VR. Uh, Sexy Parappa the rapper. <laughs> that would just be like a rap video with dancing girls. Uh, I guess it would. Yeah, but they would all be flowers. Wasn't the love interest in that like a flower? I, I never got past the first level. Her name was Sunny Funny, and I think she was a sunflower. Okay. Um, I guess in that world, dogs and sunflowers can fuck. Sure, why is not? Is the implication. Or maybe it was just a pure kind of like a puppy love. Yeah, no, there's no fucking in that, in that world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the, uh, the realization it? that somebody had that was like Master Onion was a rap scallion. Uh-huh. No. That is pretty good. You know... If there's no sex in the Parappa the Rapper world, the line that the junk shop frog says, where he says, I'm working at the flea market so early, I've been working here since my mama was a baby, is less nonsense, potentially, right? Because everyone everyone is frozen in this horrible moment of time, if they have always existed and will always exist. Right. And man, imagine being immortal, but not being able to have sex. Can vampires have sex? Like I think they do. In like the and like Anne Rice stuff, they do. Yeah. Did Dracula have sex, or is like just drinking blood? So like the drinking blood is the new sex for you. It's the only thing that makes you feel anything. It's that, the only that, thing that, that really gets okay, you the blood right? pumping. You just you just need something. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess there's people who like exercises that. Ugh, poor people. Yeah, what's the point of living They're longer? They're in really good shape, though. It's the point of living longer if all you're going to do is exercise all the damn time. It seems wasteful it's- to do all that exercise and get a really good body and not have sex with it. Yeah, that's true. If you have the kind of synesthesia where exercise feels like sex, I think you're probably going to be in really good shape. That's probably true. I played a ton of the new Hearthstone. Uh, so a new Hearthstone expansion came out, which I've played almost no actual matches of Hearthstone with the cards from this expansion. But it introduced a feature called Dungeon Run, which is they've described it as roguelike because words just don't mean anything anymore. <laughs> um, it Where it kind of reminds me of the old microprose Magic the Gathering Chandelar game. In that, you started out with a magic deck, and you would go around and fight monsters, and when you beat them, you would get some cards from their deck, and then you would could build a better deck and oh, fight like, more uh, monsters, too. Oh, like Pokemon card game. Hmm. Is that how that works? Yeah, I think so. So you start out, you pick a class, uh, and it gives you a really rudimentary 10-card deck, and then you fight a guy with, like, 10 hit points and a pretty shitty deck. So you basically always win that. Like, I've lost it. I've lost the first match just because of, like, bad draws or extremely lucky draws on the NPC part, uh, maybe once or twice out of 50 times I've played this. But it's a series of eight fights that get progressively more. Yeah, and uh, so after the first one, you get, like, a passive power that's just, like, usually pretty powerful. It's like your battle cries on your cards trigger twice, or all of your minions have plus one, plus one, or your spells cost less or enemy minions cost more or something that like plus three spell damage. Yeah. Something that like makes a decent amount of change to the way that the game plays. And then you pick one of three themed sets of three cards to add to your deck. 
Uh, and, you know, hopefully it's something that synergizes with the relic that you got. Every time you fight, you get another one of those choices of three cards. Um, and they all kind of play into and, and, and reveal, if you don't already know about them, different archetypes for the ways that the different classes can play. Um, at the, th- after the third fight, you get a card that's like a really powerful thing that doesn't exist in the real game. Like some of those are pretty crazy. There's one that's just, it costs one mana. And then for the rest of the turn, all of your minions are free. So if you get a lucky draw with that, like that can result in some really crazy board states right off the bat. There's a cool, uh, uh wax rager. That's a five, one creature that it's death rattles to just resummon itself. Yeah. Cool. And so if you get the thing, if you have the relic where your death rattles trigger twice, you quickly just end up with a board full of immortal, yeah. crazy, <laughs> flimsy, powerful attacking guys. Uh, that that's real good. Yeah. Um, there is no reason to play it like reward wise. You can't even do daily quests in the dungeon run. Oh, huh. it just doesn't count as like winning games for, for those purposes, which seems weird to me because they have really gone out of their way to make those easy lately. Like right. they, you can just play against a friend and just do whatever degenerate shit you want to finish quests. We never do that. We never like, set up the matches true. to just like play as many cards as possible or whatever. Um, if you beat the dungeon run with all nine classes, you get a card back uh, that just says that you did it. And I just want, I've never cared about collecting card backs in the game, but I really want that one. <laughs> and I've beaten it with five of the nine so far. And really it is just getting lucky. But That's it's kind of what I don't like about it. But it's fun. I just have fun playing it because you end up in the, you end up in these just crazy situations that would never happen in a normal game because like you know maybe your deck has eight copies of a given legendary minion in it by the end and it's just batshit. The way you're describing it, it makes me think of Binding of Isaac. Yeah, which that's a roguelike. Yeah, but yeah, like the the power ups that you get are so like they so fundamentally change the way that the game plays that it's just fun to see what happens. It's like, yeah. you know, rolling a crazy die for like what the game is like this time. And I don't know. I'm just really, really enjoying it a lot. And it's free. Like you can just, I, I don't know if you have to buy any of the expansion cards or not. Like, I think if you just install Hearthstone now, just you can just play in yeah. that mode and it's, I don't know. It's real good. The The problem that I have with it is it be, the first handful of fights, the first, two to four are pretty easy so it's those are just kind of passing time and it just feels like a waste of time when you get up to the hard fights and you find out that you're oh well this this deck right this deck is never gonna be able to beat this particular boss that it picked and then you lose all your progress and have to start over it'd be kind of nice if it told you what the bosses were gonna be so that you could plan no you know like ah shit i'm gonna be fighting this guy that just absolutely requires me to have like a board clearing spell to survive at all. And so you'll take one, whereas normally you might not. Um, Yeah. And I'm sure they experimented with that. Like there's a bunch of weird blank, not a bunch. There's one really weird piece of blank UI that pops up. Oh yeah. At the very beginning of a run, which looks really like it would have been a wanted poster for the boss at the end of a given run, mm. but then they decided not to reveal that. My theory is they decided not to reveal that information because people were like scumming it hmm. to get um, an easy boss. Um 
But maybe not. Maybe I'm just making that up, but it is a weird. Also, I learned that this mode and a lot of this new expansion was designed by the guy who made Dream Quest, who apparently Blizzard hired to be a designer on Hearthstone. And that is really interesting to me. Like, it makes Dungeon Run makes so much sense as a thing that that guy would make just because Dream Quest was so random and fun as a result of that randomness. And it just kind of like, you know what? I don't care about balance. Like, right. This is just good. They try so hard for to keep things balanced and interesting in Hearthstone. So I'm curious how, what the discussions internally were like in that regard. I mean, probably just that this mode is pretty harmless. Sure. But it, but do you feel that the... I guess you haven't played a bunch yeah, of... Yeah, I, I feel like if a designer has been in the mode of, like, making a super balanced card game, a PvP card game where balance is one of the top priorities... It's probably really hard to switch to a different design mode um, and and make a game that's not where that's not particularly important. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard for us working on West of Loathing to get out of the mindset of like this thing can't be overpowered because it will like wreck the economy or whatever. It was like, oh, no, we got to keep reminding ourselves that this is a single player game and we don't care if the economy gets wrecked because that's fun for a person. Right. Like, wreck your own economy. R-Y-O-E. What have you been up to, Jim? In terms of video games that you've played. I've been playing a much more Hitman. 2016. 2016. Is that actually in the in the title? No. It's just it's just how people refer to it. Yeah. Like it, Doom 2016. It, it wasn't the first Hitman. And Prey 2016. Why, why was 2016 the year... For four-letter names. Prey was 2017. Okay, fine. Sorry. Didn't As mean, was Pyre. Didn't, mm-hmm. didn't mean to ruin it. Uh, it's really good. I've been... Uh, I figured out why um, it wasn't saving my progress through the tutorial, and it is that unless you're playing online, it never saves anything. Hmm. Huh. Um, oh. Huh. Why weren't you playing online? Because my PS4, like, we've actually moved the PS4 around the house to figure out, like, what's up. And it, it will talk to the Wi-Fi if it's in the same room as the router, but nowhere else. Mm. So the PS4 just, like, can't go online unless we string an Ethernet cable across the house. I which we just were... ran an Ethernet cable to my PS3 because the yeah. Wi-Fi was so weak. And we did that, but it was like dangling over some like it was just it, okay, your crocodile pit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, what the happened? Crocodiles kept biting the pears. What, what happened was that Willow, who was really freaked out, was a, is Willow's April's dog. Just to be clear, uh, who was really freaked out by like wires, got tangled in the Ethernet cable and just ran across the house with it attached to her. Um, and so, are you sure that wasn't Dark Willow? I, it might have been. Okay. It, she does freak out sometimes. Um, Do her eyes turn black and she flays people? Well, her eyes are always black. And does she threaten to end the entire world as we know it? Yes, but it sounds like woof. <laughs> uh, Hitman is, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I, I played um, um, the first couple of uh, episodes a few times each, trying to like go for different objectives each time, different like methodology methodologies each time. Um, and then I played Marrakesh, uh, which is weirdly like it's, it's so that the first two levels are kind of, uh, op- 
kind of open spaces. There are some bottlenecks, but like you can largely like you're go- going around. Um, when you say first two, do you mean like Paris? I mean Paris and um, Sapienza. Sapienza. Yeah, and um, you will find your targets in these big o- in these big open spaces. Um, Marrakesh is structured so that there's this big open space in the middle, and then like two sequestered individual spaces that are like heavily protected and the people are in those. Mm. So like one of the people is in like this military encampment that is like in that, that is like just you, it is, it's full of soldiers. And so like, if you're going to sneak into there, you basically have to dress up like a soldier. Um, and the big open space in the middle kind of might as well not be there except as like, a place to wander and hear people talk about like my dad had a key to the library or whatever it was. It was like the master key to the school. And so you can go into the school using that master key by, by stealing it from his dad. Um, and so that was a weird design choice and it was still fun. Um, and I guess w- what I'm hoping for, for the remaining missions is that it, you know, keeps doing different stuff with the level design, like the, the first level, uh, the Paris level is kind of like, here's like the, the big obvious thing to do with, uh, like an episodic, uh, hitman level that you're going to do, you're going to play over and over again. And I'm not sure Marrakesh is going to stand up to repeated plays like that. Uh, but I do hope they keep doing interesting things. Do you like when you're playing Paris, is the target always those same two people? So, uh, there are, I believe, three different Paris missions. Uh, one of the, one is those two people. One is, um, the wet bandits from home alone. What? You, it's those two characters huh. that are in that mansion bur- burgling it. Oh my God. Um, and one is, uh, there's this, a, a, a second campaign called the Sarajevo six where you're, um, going into each of the six le- missions and killing a specific person that is separate from the other targets in the, in the other, other mission. Um, and I believe oh, this is an online feature. So I don't know about this. I believe there are also, um, escalation missions, which are separate from those even, which give you like, uh, a series of like, uh, a sequence of five missions, which are all the same mission, but you get, more and more constraints placed on you as you do it. Um, do you have to do them like in sequence without fucking up or I, I think you can, I think once you've finished one, you don't have to do it again, Okay, but you have to do them in sequence. And then there's also like, um, I was reading, uh, a Tom Francis's blog post about this. It doesn't sound that awesome, but like, there's also like uh user created missions that you can play. If you, if, if you have your PS4 connected to the internet, which you, which, which I do not. <laughs> huh. So with that, I mean, does somebody just pick a target and put some constraints on it or do they actually get to like make choices about, uh, I, I get the impression that it like, it is, um, you do a thing and then you push a button to create a mission that is do what I just did. Hmm. And then the computer will like, uh, pick a certain, like you, you pick which properties apply to it as constraints. But, uh, part of the blog post was Tom complaining about what things you could and couldn't apply as constraints. Hmm. What things can and can't you? I don't remember, but one of them, like he, he talked about how, like, uh, he wanted to, um, he had just like pushed someone off a cliff 
and he wanted to make that be a constraint and he couldn't he couldn't make like that be the the method of murdering somebody uh and the other thing i did um after i'd played a bunch of these is like i decided like okay i'm i'm i'm, I'm going to stop using save and load and i decided to like actually um engage with like the uh you know being hunted and and attacked systems is that part of the multiplayer stuff or no that's just like when you are um when you would normally reload a save because you fucked up ah, and your cover was blown right <laughs> which i did pretty much without fail um up until that point and like i would do things like um uh if i'm at a a tough bottleneck and i want to do a risky maneuver um that has a pretty like solid success or failure state i would save before it and then like keep loading until i did it right um and playing without that safety net is a lot more interesting because it leads to in part because it leads to like more amusing you know like attempts to to save the the bad mission the failing mission just like being shot at and running away and like desperately like desperately taking somebody out and stealing their clothes so so you don't look like the person they were just chasing it's uh it's really effective i i've been really enjoying this maybe their goal with not including an a quick save key was to make it so that people got so annoyed with how long it took to save and load that they played it your way, which was secretly the way that they wanted it to be played in the first place. <laughs> that, that that may well be. I think there's also like a pro mode that has um, even more consequences for failure. Um, I get the impression not having played much of the earlier games that it is just that's what like playing the earlier games was like. And then this one is a lot easier. Could be wrong about that. Um, and I've been playing a game called Broken Reality, uh, which is a game I saw at IndieCade um, and was interested in, but didn't actually play there just because I didn't have the time. Uh, but I spoke to the developers and they um, then I kind of forgot about it until they emailed me to say they're having a Kickstarter and they have a demo on Steam now. So you can download the Broken Reality demo from Steam and go pledge to the Kickstarter right now, I believe. It is... Um, it's a first-person adventure game with a like a vaporwave kind of aesthetic. Um, Define that. Yeah. What is vaporwave? It's I, I've mostly heard like mostly heard vaporwave used to refer to music, and it's specifically like really like, um, like breathy, ambient '80s style yeah, synth music. Synth, yeah. Um, but I also heard like I I, I saw um someone making like, and I saw a couple of games that looked like that at indicate and they were both referred to as vaporwave uh, diaries of a spaceport janitor was referred to the same way. So I feel like this is just like what people call this aesthetic. In this case, it is like noisy, uh, unfiltered textures, a lot of pink, a lot of like really bright neon colors. Um, yeah. And like things like drawn lasers and uh like trapper keep recover kind of art yeah 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 that's vaporwave um it's like it's, it's like a low poly like uh low fidelity just a bunch of like weird stuff the tr like you 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 can sit there and you can look at like the trees and like a lot of games will have trees where like the the tops of the trees kind of sway in the wind in this game, the entire tree will like bob up and down and kind of like pulsate. Hmm. Um, it's a very, um, 
Like I, I'm really into the aesthetic. I'm really like into just like wandering this world. Um, thematically, like, uh, what you're doing is it's, it's, it's essentially a game about being on the internet and what you're doing is like you're running around collecting likes, which are just like in like coins in Mario. They're just sitting on the ground and you go collect them. Um, do you think that's from previous people that were liked that then died? I think it must be. I think that's the only possible explanation. Uh, corpse likes. <laughs> that's right. That's like that's like how uh, when you when when you hear a laugh track on a on a show, that's all the dead people that were laughing for. Right, they all Carol liked Burnett something or whatever. Right, right, right. A lot of things uh, refer to themselves as a used corpse likes, but uh, <laughs> I, I kind of disagree with that definition. Right. And it's what do you do in it? You just run, run around in first so, person, grabbing coins. So it's an adventure game, basically. Um, I, I I was playing this for an hour before I figured out what it was like structurally, um, and I, I was just like kind of absorbed in the aesthetic. Um, and it's it's good that you can do that for so long because I feel like that's the best part of the game. Like it's an adventure game in the sense of like, um. Most interactions are bespoke and you're like talking to people and figuring what they want and helping them. Um, and I actually had some, uh, frustrated, um, moments trying to figure out what, like I, a lot of the quests that I've, I've, most of the quests that I did, I did basically by accident, just by wandering and a lot, most of the rest of the ones I don't know how to do. Um, have you considered more wandering? I, that's, that's my plan. Um, one thing that I did do, I found a, uh, camera and the camera actually has a pretty neat, uh, system, which is that, uh, when you have the camera up, you can see, um, like collectible camera tokens in the, you know, all around the environment and you collect them by taking a photograph of them, but you need to be within a certain range of them for them to be active. And also the more camera tokens you can get in the same shot, uh, it's worth exponentially more likes. Oh, that seems fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of neat. And it, it, um, the, the camera tokens are placed to encourage, like, when you have a bunch of camera tokens in frame active, it tends to be a pretty well framed shot, which I thought was a, a really neat yeah. way to encourage that. Yeah. So I don't know if this is a good game, but I like it a lot. Hmm. When you say quests, what's an example of a quest in the game? Um, so I, <clears throat> I walked up to some Moai heads, um, and they, uh, asked me, they each asked me to bring them something. And one of them was asking for sunscreen. Um, I don't remember what the, I think one of them was asking for tea. And then the third one was asking for something else. It's like, and I need to find sunscreen, tea, and whatever that third thing is. That sounds really disgusting to eat. Uh-huh. Um, that's the sort of qu- thing that, that that is a quest. But did they? So then, do you have a log that says Moai yeah, yes, Jeff wants yes. some sunscreen? And then does it say where you might go to get sunscreen, or do you just have to? Uh, I, I, if you talk to people, like I think I got the impression there was a uh, store under the pool, but the pool was closed. And I don't know what that means. I haven't seen a pool. So, like, I was just talking to someone near the Moai head for that to get that information. Um, a lot of the dialogue in this game, like, sometimes you go into a, uh, um, 
a conversation tree sort of a um an interface where like one of the things that I really like about it is that every time someone says something, you click the mm-hmm button to advance, mm-hmm. uh, including when you have to answer afterwards. So you say, mm-hmm, and then you give your answer. <laughs> huh. <laughs> um, what if you just violently disagree? It's like, mm-hmm. You can, you. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Uh, but a lot of the uh, dialogue in the game is just you walk up to somebody and it like a text appears above their heads like uh, – and I, I think it's trying to evoke like the um, the SMS um, like visualization in um, Sherlock or something. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's supposed to look like that. I was going to say House of Cards. I was trying to remember the name of it. Yeah. Um, Is the writing good? Yeah. It's all right. Okay. It's 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 not as funny as it wants to be. Uh, it's trying to be like the same like. It, it's trying to do the same thing that the art is doing, uh, which is just being really like outlandish and goofy and kind of gross. Um, and it sort of succeeds at that, but like, I wish there was like half as much as there is. Mm. You know, I forgot. I also played another couple hours of, uh, I started playing Breath of the Wild on the Switch hmm. finally. And. I am not nearly as enchanted with it as I was when I played it the first time. Really? Yeah, it's just like it, it's been. I I had kind of forgotten how kind of bad the checkpointing is, and just not saving often enough. Yeah, I was gonna say if you I, you definitely get in the habit of saving once you lose a bunch of progress a handful of times. I forgot that's a game where you have to use manual saves. That's a really weird thing for a Zelda game. It saves at times. Yeah, um, it it will it will, but like it in the in the way that Skyrim does, where like sometimes it saves at a reasonable time, and sometimes it was hours ago. Yeah, I mean it depends. I think when you like go to a shrine, it saves. Sure, and that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, but I just like the more of this that I played this time, and the more time that I spent just trying to gauge. How many times can I jump while I'm climbing this wall and not fall to my death at the end because I was trying to save five seconds of climbing time? Right. And, like, that just isn't actually fun. And Did you ever use any of the, like, foods that boost stamina? Because you'll get extra stamina beyond the edge of your wheel. I always felt like I never found enough of the stuff that does that. And, like, the... When it talks about combining monster parts with insects Mm -hmm. to make potions, I have, I don't understand how you're supposed to collect insects because they're all too fast and you can't like shoot them with arrows. Do you have the sneaking outfit? Oh. That is by far the best way. You can actually be sneaking and sneak up on stuff or you can just walk around in the sneaking outfit. I did not imagine that you would have to sneak up on bugs I think it also works when you're in the water, so you can swim quieter. Narratively, Mm -hmm. I don't think a bug cares like how quiet. Yeah, I feel like if if something that was ten million times my size was coming towards me, I would notice it whether it was trying to be sneaky from its own perspective or not. (laughs) But I mean, it is a video game, so good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. And there, I, are, there are areas where certain insects are way more common than others. Uh, 
Like if you want beetles, you need to go to like the beach areas. I be on palm trees and stuff. And I also I remember finding this like when I played the first time where it's like, oh, I see something cool in the distance that I want to go interact with, but it's too hot and I don't know how to deal with that. And so I don't want to just like look it up on the internet. Food is food is definitely a good way to deal with it. But what food like that? Like, so I know I like I got to like that town in the de- like that bazaar at the oasis in the desert, which you can just, you know, to their credit, you can just walk to. Yeah. Um, I I, I kind of think that maybe what's happening to me a lot of the time is I'm not finding stuff like th- I was talking. I remember talking to Jake about this, about it when I first played it on the Wii U. And I was like, how do you I was like, I really regret all of the shrine orbs that i spent on hearts and i wish there was a way to undo those and he said yeah there's a guy that you meet really early in the game that lets you reset those and i still have never been able to find that guy it's it's and not it's a like god it's a kid who leads you to a thing yeah there there's a, you there's, might not, you might I, just... I, I wouldn't say it's really early either well it's, 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 it's the second main town if you if you were doing them I, I was way past that, and I just had no idea where this. Kid yeah, I, was I didn't. Or what. I didn't see that either. Like, there, I, I finished the when, game with never finding that guy. Town, there's a kid who will try and get your attention, and and if you if agree you actually, to follow yeah, him to the so thing here's a he problem. Says, Anytime somebody tries to get my attention, house. I'll know there's going to be a bunch of fucking writing that I don't care about, <laughs> and yep. so I will just avoid. That's them. probably like, why I didn't see yeah, it either. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, so it's it's a thing that you you are unlikely to find on your own. Yeah, it's kind of stashed away behind behind one of the buildings. Yeah, behind a hill. Um, yeah, but yeah, you can totally just swap them. It just costs some rupees to hmm. to exchange. Yeah, no, I just I mean I guess I'll just have to look it up. I so I found those like melons that you can buy that like give you two minutes of hot resistance or whatever. But like I can't like. Why is it just two minutes? Like, well, because you can it, cook a bunch of them to get a longer effect. Can you? Mm-hmm. But then, like, I'm I I'm constantly worried about running out of stuff. Like, because it doesn't seem like the mushrooms and apples and stuff that you find in the world ever respawn. They do. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Eventually. I mean, it's just it's it just seems weird that like. Yeah, you just have to kind of get over your hoarding insect insects instincts and. Yeah. Uh, and just cook stuff. Yeah, I mean, I just don't want to, like, waste stuff that is useful for a particular thing that I need if there's, like, some trick to making it last a reasonable amount of time, which is, like, ten times as long as it lasts. Like, it's usually it also just seems like there's, like, at some point it's like, oh, man, uh, this is great, because if you eat something with spicy peppers, you can go to cold places without wearing an uncomfortable warm tunic or whatever, and it's right. like okay, can I just buy one of those from you? Or can you tell me anything about this? Like, like it seems like the legend of the ancient sweater would be a thing that, like, everyone knows you can just go to Target and get one, right? So there's, <laughs> like, up on the up on the original plateau, there was one of those warm tunics that's like a little mini quest. But you, yeah, I, think, I, I think you can I, avoid it if you... If you yeah, it's, yeah, you can eat very easily. They're a little obscure. Yeah, know. yeah, I, I got that quest and couldn't figure out how to do it. Um, uh, but is. yeah, like it, it, these are all things that like, I basically 
the way I approached playing this game was just like going where I could and doing what I could do. And eventually, just eventually I just found all the stuff I needed to go everywhere. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, that's, and it's, it's trying to like give you places that are hard to explore so that when you get the outfit that makes it easier, it feels like a real, uh, boon. It's just weird. Like the choices that it makes about what things to spell out for you mm-hmm. like it'll tell you exactly where to go to do a thing that you need to do but that thing is 30 times as hard as it would be if you just did some other stuff but you don't know what that stuff is or like what the what even like the categories of stuff that it might be are it's like it's like it, i th- i think it's chafing a lot that the game says so much bullshit words and doesn't t- tell you anything with them that it's like, I don't know. Like the, the writing is just so useless. It's not like it's yeah. badly written. It's, it's just it's, like, this is a waste of time yeah, to it's read. It's not entertaining. Yeah. It's, it's not, not, it's a problem informative. sometimes there it's not are funny clues, or charming. And so there the, are clues in there to right. figuring things out. But it, the, so the game has just that. trained me to not read anything yeah, by gonna... putting a tremendous amount of very bad text in front of me. Like, you know, Skyrim books, whatever, like sure. the, just like, and I don't know. I mean, maybe I just, a lot of my problems with this game, I think I'm coming back to it are just like, I just don't have the patience for this. Like, I wish I were playing this on PC so that I could just make climbing. Like I could just m- install a mod that makes climbing 10 times faster because it would be no less fun. Do you have the climbing outfit? The full climbing I outfit? have the one piece that I could get. Like, I remembered where that was from the first time, but then the other two pieces of that outfit were in combat shrines with fights that I just couldn't even begin to make any progress on. Climbing gets better over the course of the game as you get, as you level up and you get better gear. And I wonder, like... And also more stamina. And also more stamina. Um, And I wonder, like, whether... If I were to go back and start this game again, whether I would have the patience, like, because when, when I started this game, I was really enamored with it, just like being in the world and I was willing to put up with a bunch of bullshit. Um, and as that wore off slightly, I got better and like, it was kind of commensurate where like, okay, the bullshit is less now and I'm willing to put up with this level of bullshit now and it works out. They'll keep playing. Um, and I wonder like, uh, whether that, equation would not work out if when I, if I started over. Yeah. I think maybe that starting over was my problem. And I, like, I always intended to come back to it. I'm not going to like rehook up my Wii U to load my old save, but I do wish that I could just like transfer it. Yeah. I wish I could transfer like the shrines I had beaten and the towers that I had unlocked or whatever. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. Like I, there's a part of me that wants to just go do one of the dungeons or whatever, but like, I don't have any idea if I am even able to get to them at this point. Like, because I went to try to go to one and like the, I just caught on fire and died. Uh, and I just don't know. Yeah, how that's the, that's to... the hardest one. Yeah. Okay. The, for sure. There are other ones that are a lot easier. To the Northwest one is the one I always recommend people go to first, just because you don't need anything special to get there. And the power you get for beating it is incredibly good. Is that the one that's like the big thing lumbering around in the desert? No, that's the one. Uh, that's like, the bird. The bird. One. Yeah. 
the, there's a bird in the sky, the huge, huge robotic bird you can see if you look up uh, hmm. northwest, I think. Okay. And well, maybe I'll go to that one then. What is the ability that you get for? Like it lets you like it lets you like jump, jump straight up, up like air. a mile in the air. Oh, I thought that was in the volcano one because yeah. that was always the thing that I intended to go for first. Because like that would just make climbing so useful, much useful, but not not important. Okay. Um, I mean, and is it like if I just walk toward that bird, will I figure out how to get to it? Like it. That's a really good question. I, I don't, don't know the answer remember. to that. Remember, it's been. A you'll while. definitely have to talk to a bunch of people. Yeah, the you'll only have way to get there is to talk to a bunch of people. Quest because you have you'll have to recruit the guy who's going to help you get to it. Yeah. like all of them are. But yeah, you, you have to talk to the people in the towns. Unfortunately, yeah, also I installed the DLC and it just filled my quest log with a bunch of different. Oh whoa! Yeah, rumors about different things, and huh. it's like. I bet some of these would be really useful to me. And also it was like, oh, by the way, we put some useful gear in four treasure chests on top of the starter plateau, but it doesn't tell you where they are. And I was like, well, fuck. Like <laughs> that, what am you just have to wander around and find that? I don't know. I Weird. guess I like, you can put, you can put a treasure chest as the thing in your, uh, Sheikah slate radar. Oh, right. Oh, if you want. Huh. Can you? I don't. Have you taken a picture of a treasure chest? I have not gotten. I've on this new game. I've not gotten to the point where I have um, camera. Yeah, unlock the camera. Yeah. The... So if you have a camera, then you can reprogram right. the radar. Also, for whatever reason, I am like four hours in, maybe on this new playthrough, and I have one rupee. <laughs> I mean, you don't get any to speak of on the plateau. Yeah, it's all you almost always. Get rupees from selling stuff. Selling gems, yeah. Like they they are not a common drop in the world itself. They're mostly from the, those... You don't, uh, you don't get them from cutting grass? No. You, they will occasionally be under rocks, yeah. and you'll you'll always get some from, from defeating those ninjas that start following you everywhere. Hmm. Um, I haven't gotten any of those. Yeah, that's a, that's a plot thing that you'll unlock at some point. Hmm. I guess I ought to stick with it, but I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I like it's, maybe what I should do is just stop climbing shit. You know, yeah, like it's so good. It's like I really want to see the rest of the stuff that because I feel like there are these vast swaths of the world that are just different kinds of places that I've never been to. Like every yeah. once in a while, I'll see a screenshot, I'll be like, "Fuck, I didn't know there was this in this game." But then it's like, oh, if I tried to go there, I would just catch fire and die, and I don't know how to. Yeah. Man, I guess I just gotta fucking talk to everybody with the fucking exclamation point. The the like, thing that you're gonna want to do is like, just harvest absolutely everything that you see, <laughs> and fight a bunch of monsters and collect their body parts, and then sell them to get the rupees, and then buy a bunch of outfits, and those outfits will be the things that allow you, that enable you to get places. Okay, so those are like fundamentally like what? How do you know where to buy them? Like that? They're always the, in stores and towns. In towns, okay, yeah. I mean, I guess there's that map icon for the one that sells, like, the just basic Hylian outfit, yeah, which that, is, that, one's, that one's just, like, some basic armor and doesn't... It's, yeah. I would definitely get the... The stealth outfit is probably the one that I spent probably 85% of the game in. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because that allows you to collect... Because that allows you to walk at normal speed and collect stuff like insects um, without much trouble. Like, that shirt and the the climbing hat and pants are, like, my default outfit. And those are things that you can eventually buy if you don't find them. Oh yeah, but oh, it's really? at the end. Yeah. But it is at the end of a long quest chain. That's kind oh, of annoying. Yeah. Like you can almost all the the important outfit sets you can just buy instead of finding out in the world. 
the outfits that the the outfit that is the weirdest is the Zora one. That's the one that like makes swimming faster and stuff like that. Because you like all of those pieces actually give you different skills in yeah. the water, uh, and they are a couple of them are extremely difficult to find, or at least one of them is extremely difficult to find. Yeah, there's one that's like the crazy treasure hunt you have to do or whatever. Yeah, I guess maybe I also just shouldn't feel bad about looking stuff up. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would probably just look up the locations of the climbing gear because. Well, I, that's the thing. I did, and I just couldn't beat oh. the fights. So I like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, I don't know. I like, I'm getting a little bit of that. Like I've tried to, I've tried to really internalize, like just use weapons. Right. Mm -hmm. But then they're just always broken. Like I just end up without any weapons. Right. My, my Collecting core seeds to get more that, slots for weapons is also yeah, super valuable. That's, that's very good. My, have my, you, my general experience the... is that the weapons that like whatever area you're in, the monsters in that location are using weapons that are totally totally suitable for killing the guys in that area. So yeah. if you've got like one thing left that you can use to beat up one guy, the thing he drops will let you beat up another guy and so on. Have you have you found the guy you trade the Korok seeds to? Uh I did and then I couldn't uh I I definitely did in the first my first playthrough when I got there this time, I just couldn't beat the guys that stole his maracas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I like when I would hit them, they were like a different, like upgraded kind of Bokoblin versus the ones that I had been fighting. And when I would hit them with the weapons that I had, it would just take off like a sliver, 5% of their health. And mm -hmm. then by the time I got them down to half, all of my weapons were broken and I mm -hmm. was trying to finish them off with bombs and just got killed. Wow. Yeah, I um, think that, I think bombs is pretty much how I, killed them just running around I, in circles and throwing yeah, bombs Yeah, I fought a lot ground. of stuff with bombs. Yeah. Because you can also upgrade your bombs and they do a lot more damage. Mm. Um, to you also. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I cannot... I don't know if this is different than it was on the Wii U, but I can't ever remember how to throw a thing. Yeah, like, it's, it's weird. The, you just have to internalize that button yeah, process because it yeah. is not intuitive. Yeah, I don't know. I just need to. I need to spend more time on it, I guess. And it's or I need to think of it as a thing that is like not just like a thing that I do to relax, rather than a thing that I do to try to achieve something. Yeah. And <laughs> then maybe it'll be okay. If you just, just spend just some time just wondering and just collecting stuff, yeah, yeah, like collect stuff, fantasy find, try to find simulator. Koroks and and shrines and stuff, and and you can just avoid fights if they're too hard. Because like the more stuff you kill, the harder they're going to get as well. So that's right. That's also a tricky wicket. I don't really enjoy the Korok seed hunts. Like, yeah, the puzzles are really rote. Yeah, you know, there's not like there's a couple that are interesting. I, I I do like it that that's a like, hey, I wonder if there's anything interesting under that rock that's in a conspicuous mm -hmm. like chosen place. Yeah, and then there always is, and so that's nice. But like, recognizing like there are uh, there are some things that. You're like, this is strange. Why is this like this? And then, like, understanding that is fun the first time, maybe the second time. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, then it becomes just, here's 50 more of these. But the fact that you can look at the map and see where there's going to be some Koroks is kind of nice sometimes. Oh, can you? Yeah. Yeah. Because of certain, if you just zoom in all the way, like, there are there are features of the world that are obviously where because uh, like you'll be able to see a big ring of stones on the map or something like that exactly yeah. hmm. 
or you'll see see some trees that are in a particular orientation or something so hmm. um i kind of like i feel like i also just have the like skyrim problem where every time i come into a town in skyrim i'm not coming through the front gate i'm coming in from the roof of a house that was <laughs> on the back side of it and so i just miss everything that's been right. put in front of me you, because like, i float in from some tower or whatever yeah um yep yeah i i'm less like what i did for a lot of the time that i was playing it on the wii u was i just went to a lot of shrines and i'm really less into that idea now like especially doing the same ones doing again the same ones again yeah which i'm assuming that i'm gonna like naturally run into the ones that i naturally ran into the first time because i feel like i always instinctively make the same decisions at the same branching paths every time even if i'm trying to do the opposite of what i did the previous there's often time. good weapons in those shrines too yeah and that's an, that's another good place to get some good weapons yeah okay well do you guys want to talk about the assignment oh riff what have you been playing um, nothing special. I guess I played a little bit of, uh, uh, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix, cause that, that was on sale for a few days. So I picked that what up. What kind of game is Rhythm Heaven? It is a, uh, like a rhythm music game, but instead of being like a single thing, like a DDR, it's a bunch of different mini games and each, each mini game has its own music track and its own thing that is happening when you're pushing the button to the beat. So like there's one where, I don't know, where there's like an air powered robot boxer that is, that is punching a gym bag and, and he calls out like one, two, and then you have to push the button to pump him up on the next two beats so that then on the fifth and sixth the beat, he will punch the punching bag and things like that. Hmm. What platform? It's uh, DS. Hmm. It's is is, Mega, it's is Mega Mix cute. the most recent one? I think so. This is the first one I've ever played, so I'm not okay. I'm not real up on the history. I think it's made by the same people that did the WarioWare games. Yeah, it so feels like those. Yeah, it's got that same sort of aesthetic. Yeah, I, I played um, Rhythm Heaven Fever, I think, uh, the one for the DS, the original DS, um, and I was really into it. Um, and one thing I heard was that um, one thing I really liked about uh, that one was that uh, the way it taught you the mechanics of each minigame was really intuitive, where it would t just tell you a couple of things about the game, and then it would, like just teach you to play and you would just learn by playing it by playing along with the, the effectively it was a tutorial song, but it just felt like playing the game. Yeah. Um, is that the, still the case for this one? Yep. Yeah. Oh, that, that's great to hear. I'd heard like that. It was a lot more like standard Nintendo tutorialization. No, I don't feel like it. It'll, it, yeah, it basically says like, hey, like, I don't know. Hey, there's going to be fruit rolling down the steps, push a yeah. to catch it. And then yeah. you go and do that. And, and, and that's yeah, great. that's exactly, yep. yeah, that's exactly what, what it was like. Yeah. I, I, this is a, like a game that as someone who is like, uh, one of like my regrets as a human being is that I never really, really learned to play an instrument or played in a band or did any of that stuff that 
musical people usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, this was kind of like a, um, a little bit of a way to scratch that itch mm. in a video game context. I thought you did play some instruments. I mean, you've made a lot of music. I made a lot of music, but I'm not really playing instruments. Like uh, the the thing I am probably most advanced at is drums, which I just learned by playing rock band. Okay. Um, I would have, if you would ask me, I would have said that I thought you played the piano and the guitar. Nope. Hmm. I play, I mean, I was thinking of me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I talked to like, like a couple of months ago about playing, learning to play guitar a bit on this podcast. And I, I'm probably a little bit more advanced now than I am then, but like still can't hit that barred F chord in a, in any, any sort of like Are you, well, it's consistent you're not a bard way. Yet. Right. That was the oh. joke that you guys made last time, too. It's cool. <laughs> to be fair, I think it was Kevin that uh-huh. time, too. I, <laughs> but same journey. I thought of saying it, didn't say it, and uh-huh. then Kevin said it. <laughs> that's that's why we're a good team. That's right. Shall we talk about the assignment, then, getting over it with Benefati? Sure. Yep. A game where you are the upper half of a man in a cauldron <laughs> full of water, climbing a mountain oh, using only a sledgehammer. Water. What, do you think it's tears? I, I, I think that man's been so, sitting in that cauldron for a long time. Can, we know canonically, because Bennett said so, that the cauldron is there to protect his legs. Okay. Um, from fall. Because oh, you, you okay. can fall from, like, the top of the mountain. And, I don't think that's how right, that right. works. But. So, <laughs> hang on. If the cauldron is filled with, like, ballistics gel. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. I, I think that's what that, that stuff is. What it's, if he has little tiny legs, too? There could be a lot of ballistics gel. Yeah, oh, yeah, it doesn't yeah. look like his legs could be proportionately sized to his torso. Is he also holding the cauldron up by, like, flexing his knees against the sides of the cauldron? This guy is clearly, like, the strongest person alive. Yeah. So, probably. Why doesn't he just put the hammer down and climb with his hands? <laughs> <laughs> well, because then he'd lose his hammer. He might need that. Right. Stick it in the cauldron. So this is a punishingly difficult physics game that has a lot of what, to my mind, was very good developer commentary that plays Mm -hmm. as you're playing it. Yes. Um, And I, I'm not very good at this. I got to what uh, what uh, Justin Portnick described as the first boss, which is like a weird chimney that you have to yeah. climb up and yeah, it, the community, for a while the community calls it the devil's chimney for a while i thought i was like well that's it i'm never going to be able to do this and then i realized that there were a couple of lanterns on the edges of it that are that are that have collision and so now i understand and i've made it almost to the top of it a couple times um it's cool once you get to the top what happens is that you go over the left lip and fall back down to the yeah, bottom a, of the mountain there's a tree that 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 because, like, some of the trees are physics objects and some of them are background. And I was like, oh, it's probably a, a real thing because that would be too mean for it to just be there to, like, <laughs> look like it's going to catch you and then you just fall right off. Yeah. Well, and also the the mountain to the right also has, like, one chunk of it that looks like it's in the background and one chunk that looks like solid. But the whole thing is solid. So yeah, it's, yeah. So it's – uh. Yeah, the, this I think this game deliberately plays with that. Oh, yeah. Like, some objects that look like they're solid are going to, like, move – uh, and some some objects that looks like they're gonna roll, like are are not gonna roll. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that there's that coffee cup, yeah. like, just sitting on the ledge, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. early on. Well, that, that was something that if you um if you look at um uh, there's a video that Tim Rogers did with Bennett Foddy where Bennett just plays through 
of getting over it. It was on Kotaku. It's like a 45 minute video. Um, he calls that foreshadowing. Okay. Um, because spoilers, as it turns out, this, gar- this mountain is made of garbage. Yeah. Um, and he, and I haven't gotten far enough that I really know what this means yet, but I actually was really intrigued by, um, this where he, he, he says that, um, in the commentary, he, he talks about like, uh, the, the, the potential future where people, um, make games by, uh, just grabbing a bunch of assets from the, from the Unity asset store or whatnot. But he says that that's hard to do because the assets in the asset store are garbage, not in the sense that they're badly made, but in the same sense as food is garbage after you put it in the sink. Um, it's like the context of something that's right. is important. Right. And I, I like, I, I sort of get it, but I really want to know like what he says next. And I haven't gotten that far yet. Oh. Yeah. I kind of want to know that too. Cause I'll sometimes like wash vegetables in the sink. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not. Well, I think he means when you put a dish with food on it and you put it in the sink, like I'm done with this now. Now that I food see. is garbage Okay. instead of being food. It yeah, has but changed do, its identity. You domain. don't do that. It doesn't, the sink only exists as a transit point. Like, you don't put dishes in the sink. What are you, a monster? You wash them. When they're uh, dirty, you wash them. Most people put dishes in I the know, sink. I know. <laughs> you you are the only kind of you're a, you're an angel who comes down and <laughs> washes things at the moment that they are done being used. Yeah, I couldn't I just didn't participate in the kitchen when we lived together because there were always dishes in the sink and so I couldn't like use a dish and then wash it because there was no room to use the sink you should have like his and hers sinks yeah hmm. i've always enjoyed having that in bathrooms that i that i shared with a romantic partner yeah um one of the, one of them was filled with dishes and one of them wasn't yeah it's it is really alarming how across a wide variety of people that i've dated in a hundred percent of cases they're just significantly dirtier than me <laughs> like do you remember you also shared a sink with Jenny in that? No, you had two sinks. One was yours and one was hers in that bathroom. Yep. And hers was essentially just always on fire. And yours was fine. And you never like, I don't ever really clean the sink. I just like when I'm using it, if I notice that it's getting dirty, I just like wipe it off with my hand and then wash my hands. Right. I think that's and the, so it's the just always clean. As opposed to just steadily getting more and more revolting until it is like a lot of work to clean it. Why, why are we like this? I don't know. Cause it's clearly the other people who are normal. Yeah. <laughs> and does that propensity, like we all, we have fundamentally different approaches to this video game, right? right? So the being the kind of person that keeps your sink clean just in passing all the time so that you never have to like go get some shit to clean your sink, like, I am one who's like will put dishes deliberately in a sink where they are soaking, like they are in contact with water on the surfaces that are dirty. So that yeah, they I, are I will easier to wash. I will tell clean. myself I'm doing that and then just leave yeah. them there. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, will, I will. I will. I will. Mine is always just literally the the overnight soak so that they are trivial to but the, the i would argue that the only reason that you ever have to do that with dishes is because somebody else didn't take care of them at the moment where oh, they would have been if you trivial to clean which is right after you use sure yeah. but sometimes you're having dinner and you're in engaged in conversation and things dry out like i would argue that you are never having dinner and engaged in conversation <laughs> one is never 
Because how do you talk with your mouth full? Um, <laughs> or because anyway, Kevin this video so fast that... <laughs> right, true. you can't he even get a word in like edgewise uh, until he's done eating, yeah. Uh, you... I, f- I just predicted that you, Kevin, were going to spend a lot more time with this game. I think than- I played four hours of it or so. I probably only played, like, 20 minutes of it. Yeah. Like three minutes at a time because like the first case, time something, getting to the devil's chimney is pretty impressive the first time something frustrating happens i just quit and then i'll come back yeah. to it later yeah. like you kind of have to throw yourself at the devil's chimney thing for a while till you figure out i my oh, response yeah. to the devil's chimney was i got there and gave it two attempts and then on my third attempt instead of accidentally knocking myself off the mountain and all the way down to the bottom i accidentally fumbled my way a single step at the time all the way back down to the bottom of the mountain <laughs> and then i and then i turned it off <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to talk about like accidentally knocking your computer onto the floor and because you were playing the game also with right. a sledgehammer i did like i really want the mouse sensitivity slider to go up three times as far as it oh i does. had to turn it like, almost all the way down interesting wow i don't like clearly there's some we're different computers so that, that doesn't right but so i feel like in order to in order to move around like with the mouse sensitivity turned all the way up in order to make like a full swinging motion mm-hmm. i have to use more space than my mouse pad okay. and like i don't i don't understand like unless you're playing on like a pool table like if your <laughs> if your mouse is on a pool table the, the, the mouse sensitivity the the system mouse sensitivity yeah, might be that's what I was very different can for you, us can you, you could for mac and windows you i could guess you could try the trackpad I tried actually playing this game with both the mouse and the trackpad, and um, it was remarkably similar in both cases. It felt pretty much the same to me. Huh. Um, but pl- but while I was playing it with the trackpad, I, I kept thinking, like, this is really awkward. It would probably be way easier with a mouse, even though I knew that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. I played it on iPad. It seemed, oh, interesting. It, it, uh, I don't know if it was fine or not, but... I blamed yeah, I all my problems on myself and not on that you're the like, iPad. So. Like that your slow stumble down the mountain is is not a good sign. So is yeah, that – do you have a relative control of the hammer? Like if you put your finger down somewhere and then swipe left, does that move like the hammer's target to the left? Is that what happens? Yeah, it's. I imagine it's the same as a mouse. You, if, you, if you drag your finger in a circle around the guy, he rotates the hammer around himself. And but how do you moving, is the, how do you moving, do the, moving the, the in and out movement. causes him to stretch his arms in and out. Does the does the hammer follow your finger then? Like, yeah. does it go where your finger is on the touchpad? Okay, less, that yeah. might actually be easier than a mouse. That might be because you get to see like your yeah, because you can kind of have it. that yeah. More direct I mean, when you're when you're anchored are you just sort of scrolling the screen around by dragging your finger if your finger's centered on the hammer oh huh like yeah that made that into the intuitive that, 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 that is kind be. of what that is like even yeah yeah the, yeah, the so only it, downside of it is if you get if you get flailing too much i kept uh i kept whipping my finger off the side of the ipad and pushing the home button <laughs> <laughs> So I think when you're using a mouse or a trackpad, what happens is that it might be equivalent to what you just directly do on the iPad. Um, so what happens in, if you have a mouse or a trackpad is that you're moving around this little translucent circle on the screen. Mm-hmm. and that's, that's there on the iPad. 
Okay, yeah. Um, and the hammer just tracks that circle. Like it, it tries to put like the, the up, like right, the neck right below the, the head of the hammer where that circle goes. Um, and the result of this is that like you're, you're always moving it like with respect to the screen, even though the game's camera changes what that point on the screen means. So like if you're moving a lot in the game and the camera's following you, um, and like suddenly you stop, the character stops moving. I think the camera has a little bit of momentum after the, afterwards, uh, which means that, um, if you're holding a specific point on the, uh, on the screen, that that point continues to change meaning while the camera slows down. And I think that's why you would do things where like if you are jumping up and you catch yourself by putting your putting your hammer on a surface to the left or to the right that like what happens then is usually um you then push up off of that surface. Hmm. Um that's usually what you want to do though. As well, well, well what I want to do is catch myself with zero momentum at that point oh. and then like lift myself carefully up. Okay. Um because if I push myself off, I'm often pushing myself away from the surface as well. Yeah, you, which is not what I it, want. It's kind of amazing how you develop a kinesthetic sense of how yeah to yeah. make progress because it is not at all intuitive at first, but then becomes so. The I had a lot of difficulty. It seems like when you're trying to do the finest motions, that to have the smallest effect is when a tiny motion will have just a massive impact on your relative position on the screen like i'm often trying to very very carefully place my cauldron at a particular point and that's very hard yeah in a way that it seems a lot easier to just sort of flail around in a circle right um and i wonder if that's you know by design yeah i don't know the consequence of the physics it wouldn't surprise me if that was something i'm sure it's something that he thought about while sure while working on it yeah I wonder how you how you tune those kinds of you know the look and feel style controls. Yeah. <clears throat> Another thing that I am and this is maybe um analogous to what I was talking about earlier with um with uh getting um with Maybe it's the opposite, actually. We were talking about with, with Breath of the Wild, where I would get like, where the game gets less and less bullshit as it goes on. Um, and, but that is commensurate with my like enamoredness with the game. So they kind of match up and I want to keep playing. I feel like it's the opposite with this game where like the game gets more and more bullshit as you go on, <laughs> where like, uh, you, I, the, the potential for the cost of a mistake gets higher and higher. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much of that is deliberate and how much of that is just like, well, you're just higher up so you can fall further. Um, there are definitely like zones of relative safety and, uh, zones where like one fuck up means you're at the bottom of the mountain. Yep. Um, and for the first like two hours of this game, I like, I didn't, I wasn't really frustrated at all because I was always like the, my, growth as a player uh my ability to get up the mountain was it felt basically commensurate with my with the amount of progress i had made so like if i fall back down oh i'll be back up there in five minutes there's no problem um 
That's not true anymore with where I am now. Devil's Chimney is like I think where it starts to like there just become two or three areas right in a row where it's like, oh god, this is hard. Yeah. And I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to make it. And if I don't make it, then I'm going to have to redo another hard section. Right. And if I don't make that, then I, you know, I might fall all the way back down and have to do a four hard sections in a row again. Right. And I think what what's supposed to ha- happen there psychologically um, is that you're supposed to um, give up. Well, I mean, there is that. Um, at dinner, you were talking about how you had gotten to a commentary point where. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, there's a part where he says, you're probably just watching this. You're probably just watching somebody stream this on YouTube or Twitch. Uh, and that's okay. You know, you can, you can cheer them on and that's still, that's fine. That's still culture too. <laughs> right. Um, and I do think like, uh, the vast majority of players will um, not finish this game or even get any distance into it. Um, but what I was going to say was you're supposed to kind of be steeled by the, like the voluminousness of your existing investment where like I've put like three hours into this game, maybe four mm. and sunk cost fallacy. sunk cost. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, I don't think I'm going to play anymore. <laughs> the the thing that's t- tricky for me is not knowing how much more mountain there is, right? Yeah. Oh, like, well, I know that because I've watched a speed right, run. I haven't yet and I'm and I'm just nervous cuz I I feel like I've made a bunch of progress, but am I a quarter of the way yeah. there? Am but I? by the way, the just so you know, though, the world record is 2 minutes and 16 seconds. Right. Well, so that I mean that <laughs> indicates that it's that it can't be that long, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I do wonder if there are some ways to do some shortcutting. Uh, the, I saw one skip that actually looked considerably easier than the than regular the route. Way. Yeah. I just don't like if if I could launch myself straight up in the air reliably, I feel like I could skip a nice chunk, which I would like a lot, but I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Like, like with enough force. Yeah. So um, one thing I would like to see is a world map just like yeah I, I, i'm surprised i, I haven't seen a huge find it. yeah 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 it, it seems like it would um except for the skybox like because it's all isometric projection you could just stitch together screenshots yeah yeah like an old nintendo power exactly yeah but the skybox does have parallaxing so that might look weird god you'd have to be um you'd have to be pretty good at it to bro yeah <laughs> that's that, that's right? true I mean, too like, yeah <laughs> Uh, I kind of want to watch a like hundred percent playthrough of like, this, like one that covers all the one commentary. That covers all the yeah. commentary. Yeah, yeah, me too. Including all of the points where you can like get commentary if you fuck up. Uh, well, that that might be that might be a very long playthrough because like there's a lot of commentary if you fuck up. There's there's like songs, old public domain songs that play. Yeah, hmm. like. I, I really like the variety of things that happen when you screw, especially because you're just going to do it so much. Are they are they tied to specific screw ups, or do you just get every time it detects that you've lost a bunch of progress? Does it just play the next uh, you fucked it's, up? It's randomized. Thing in sequence? Okay. Um, I don't. I don't. It, it's randomized in that like um, it doesn't play the same things in the same order. But I don't know if it's based on your position. I know that. Uh, on uh, the the big vertical climb right after the Devil's Chimney, um, there was when I was on that for like half an hour. Uh, after after that, there was commentary about how like this wall it's harder gets harder the, the, the long the more you try it. Yeah, 
Like, so there's, there's specific stuff for that, but I think a lot of the, uh, more generic stuff is just triggered by like, oh, you just fell a bunch. Hmm. And a lot of that stuff is like, some of it is like Bennett apologizing to you. Hmm. And some of it's, some of it's like, uh, oh, you've been here before. Just do what you did last time. Yeah, I got that one. <laughs> Which, the, the devil's chimney, like I spent probably an hour getting up it the first time and, after a while, there was just no more commentary, and it was really refreshing and pleasant to get more commentary. Yeah. It feels like a it. really meaningful reward to yeah. me. Yeah. And that partly, I think, Audio it's just logs. because I'm, like, sold on his philosophy about almost everything. At yeah. least, not you know, maybe I don't agree with him about everything, but I at least want to listen to him talk about stuff. Yeah. Um, the, the, the downside to that sort of pacing is that... Um, the it if it's if it all adds up to like an essay and I don't know if it does, mm. um, like imagine like taking like days long breaks between sentences in an essay and trying yeah. to keep it all in your head. Maybe what I actually want is to just listen strip to out the sound assets <laughs> yep, from right. the Unity Project and yeah. listen to them all. Although you wouldn't get them in the in a good order, I bet. Right. Get <laughs> it, it in. Be important. Get it in file name alphabetical order. I wonder how much audio there is. It's a good, quick, good question. There's a lot of music. Surprisingly, a surprising amount of music. Yep. A lot of poetry that he reads. Mm-hmm. About trying and failing and stuff. Uh, and then a lot of the commentary is also in rhyming couplets, huh. which is cool. I didn't notice that. That's interesting. I, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's stuff that he wrote. Because it is extremely applicable to the, to the climb, and it rhymes. Yeah. So. Well, this is a good game, and it was like the top seller for at least a day and a half or so on Steam. Yep. Which means that this has got to be the most financially successful thing that he's ever made. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm by, so happy for him by orders of magnitude. Yeah, it is fucking great. Yeah. Yep. Like. I mean, and it's just, you know, I was kind of surprised to see it there, but then everybody's reaction was like, no, man, this is like Twitch bait. He was surprised, too. He was talking about how, like, yeah, I'm going to do a popular thing next time. Yeah. And that's good. Because this came out as part of an exclusive deal with, like, I think it was funded by the Humble yeah. bundle. And it, was a humble, it, was, it was a Humble original. Yeah, and he was kind of worried that the fervor was going to wear off by the time it went up to where normal people could buy it right normal people you hear that humble monthly subscribers you're not normal (laughs) sorry i don't mean to be i don't mean to be steam consumer normative (laughs) um but yeah super super happy for him yep success well deserved what's our next assignment it is gora goa yes jason roberts uh, you know, that, that since I'm not going to be on right? next week, this would be your opportunity to play something that's Windows only. <laughs> well, we'll play the Windows version of Gorgoa. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can. You're still allowed to play the games, even if you um aren't going to be on the podcast, Riff. Yeah, true. I mean, true. all of our listeners are allowed to play uh, the games, even if they're not going to be on the podcast. It's, which, let's face it, they're not. It's on. <laughs> it's not how this works. <laughs> it's going to be on Steam and iOS and Switch at the very least. So it's now you have to choose pick your fighter or buy all of them he's been working on this for a long fucking time yeah, i bet he could use the money <laughs> did he have a day job while he was doing this i know he ended up getting a publisher 
which I'm sure helped uh, in the end. But this is a long, long ass project. Yeah, he said. I feel like I played a version of this like six or seven years ago. He had the 2012 demo. Okay. Um, And that was the one that like a lot of people saw. And then he was going to run out of money by the end of 2013. And then he got funded by the Indie Fund. And then that money started to run out. And then Annapurna came in and picked him up. This is one of the first two games. Annapurna picked up Gorogoa and... Where the Water Tastes Like Wine. Well, no. And uh, Edith Finch. Oh, no. I'm thinking of Good Shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so, and now they've picked up a handful of other games. Um, Edith Finch won the weirdest dressed dude at the Game Awards award. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just a man in a very affected manner of dress oh yeah went up t- to stand next to the woman who accepted the award <laughs> um he was letting his clothes do the talking yeah yeah the old uh jason scott <laughs> trick right um yeah campo we, we not that we ever really talk about the news on here but uh, campo santo released or they announced their oh, yeah. uh, next game yeah it looks good yeah and I, by that i mean it literally looks good and i have no idea what the gameplay is yeah <laughs> um it it says on the website. Okay, that's um, good to know. I think you're. I think you're making movies. Yep. I think you're. I think we're allowed to say that you're making movies. You you're a character with a movie camera. Like that. That yeah. That, I got that part. And but I think that's kind of what the game is about. Is about okay. like a woman who raids tombs, and you take film of her raiding tombs. Yeah, and occasionally getting like impaled in the head by a piece of rebar in a rushing river. <laughs> I I liked um. Jaining uh, tweeted about um, the specific uh, hair type of the person who is not who is on camera, yeah, as Zora. opposed to the person behind the camera. Was that an encoding of some sort that's used to describe different kinds of hair? Yes, yeah, like like r- the ring size. Whoa, yeah, huh. it's pretty cool. Um, and, and I wonder if it's the same units as the ring gauge on cigars. <laughs> Probably not. I don't think it's the same people who care about either one. Uh, but she was just talking about how, like, yeah, people with this ring type, you're all beautiful, and I wanted to represent you in this game. Um, I, I think it might have been, like, the, the kinkiest ring type or something like that. Oh. I think the kinkiest ring type is the cock ring. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the, the those don't grow out of the head. To, like, light the hair is really good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, then the hair looked so cool. like it was well done. I was that was something that like really stuck stuck out at me while watching and, the trailer. And was everything just in the like, trailer is in engine. yeah. Everything is an engine. Really? Yeah. That's nice. Like, yeah. good I job. Have they said that I don't publicly? Because it, man, it's it, so fucking cool. It's some real, real impressive tech, and it's like you don't just necessarily a, know to look at it. Yeah, just right, well, even just like having a person on the screen, yeah, it's is like super huge, expensive, a huge jump forward in like walking simulator yeah. territory that they're doing in this like really impressive way. Yeah, like, and it's something that like you don't think of as like this is one of the major costs of doing a AAA game, but it really like face animation is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to get Andy Circus to come in and <laughs> frown at yeah. stuff, yeah. and it's like he only gets sad about really expensive shit. <laughs> like the only way to make him sad is to scramble a Faberge egg. <laughs> and so if you don't get, if you don't get the one, you got to get it in one take or it's like, no, that's why, that's why so few uh, mocap characters are convincingly sad. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to work this into like 
Uh, when uh, Kurt Russell smashed that like 19th century guitar on the oh, set yeah. of Hateful Eight that was on loan from a museum. Hmm. No, no, Kurt, that belongs <laughs> in a museum. Right. Wrong movie. You were being Andy Serkis in both cases there? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was being Andy Serkis and Smeagol. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, guys, do you know who this episode of Video Games Hot Dog was brought to us by? Who? Our generous Patreon backers, such as Hammer Time Don't Hurt Me. <laughs> Apparently it's a Yosemite hammer, not a sledgehammer. Oh. In that you're holding in That is a weird name. It, it it's called that because it's climbing related. You like I use see. it to hammer no. Yosemite Sammer. <laughs> Patronus don't go there. Uh Melf's acid arrow. <laughs> yeah, hmm. Oh, incidentally, oh, yeah. I thought of one. Tensor's floating disc. <laughs> uh, two fingers of death. Okay, good. Well, we're out of ideas. Yep, yep that's the end. <laughs> Gentlemen, I've no had a fantastic podcasts. time recording episode number 312 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we record another one real soon. Uh, although, Riff, you're not going to be there, and that makes me sad. But oh, listeners, no. I hope you will be there, and it will make me sad. I mean, happy. <laughs> if you're not there, it will make Andy Circus sad, but you'd have to do it in front of him, which is the expensive part. Right. Cockaboo boobalaya. Good night. Good night, everybody.